0: My computer, iPad just updated. Now it's going through all these changes, and, and I don't need it doing that right now. I don't, I don't need it updating while I need to get to my notes. <laughs> we are grateful to you, Lord, today for the tremendous privilege of your grace and your presence in this place. For the privilege to be able to worship you and to honor you. We thank you for your grace and your glory and your mercy, that you allow us to even call upon the powerful name of Jesus. We thank you that you chose us when we are heading in the wrong direction. We weren't even seeking you. says. But God, you demonstrated your love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were pursuing sin, and you died for us. Thank you for that. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for eternal life. Now today, as we hear the word of God, we pray that we will put it into practice. We love you, and we thank you. Bless everyone that's here. We give him all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter... Chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. This is how it reads. There is a vanity that takes place on earth, that there are righteous people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked. And there are wicked people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the righteous. I said that this also is vanity, and I commend joy. For man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful. For this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. When I applied my heart to know wisdom and see the busyness that is done on earth, how neither day nor night Do one's eyes see sleep? Then I saw all the work of God, that man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. However much man may toil in seeking, he will not find it out. Even though a wise man claims to know, he cannot find it out. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Verse 6. Some of you may even know that verse by heart. 11.6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Who is him? God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. And the King James says that he is, and that he rewards those who seek him. Who earnestly seek Him. As a title for this message, I have given, there is a limit to your understanding. There is a limit to your understanding. No matter how you look at life, man's understanding is limited. You might think you know everything, you may think you have all the wisdom in the world, but you are limited in your understanding. What conclusions do we come to from what we see? We come to a lot of conclusions from the things that we see. For many people, they make up conclusions. They look at something and they say, that's not true. They can look at the evidence and still say it's not right. I look at it all the time when I'm looking at the news. You say, how can you come to such a different conclusion? Here's all the evidence. It didn't happen that way. People make up things. For many people, they make up things because they don't want to see the truth. Thank God that Solomon was willing to see what was real, what was true, and he was willing to... To say just what it was. Thank God that he pursued wisdom. He pursued a course of trying to find out what is the meaning of life. We grapple with hard questions. We try to make things fit into a nice, neat little box. But things don't often fit into the box that we make and that we create. They often don't fit into a nice, neat package. Solomon, in his wisdom, was willing to acknowledge that he did not understand everything. You'll notice in Solomon's words and as he wrote in his vast wisdom, he struggled with those things that just seemed to be a paradox. Those things that just yet they were true, but it just seemed to not make sense. And we've been seeing and using that word, looking at Hebel, that word means vanity. All you will look at, you see, he says all is vanity. It doesn't mean moral vanity, but it means something, as I said, that is hard to understand. How things are as they are. Point number one, I have the wrong order. I have the wrong order, primarily chapter 8, verse 14. Have you ever gone to a restaurant and received the wrong order? <laughs> if you haven't, keep living. Some of you have said, this, this, I didn't order this. But, but you need to understand that sometimes the wrong order comes. In life, people at times feel that they have received a wrong deal. They feel that something is clearly wrong. I did not bargain for this. This is not the life that I chose. Life is often viewed through the lens of what is fair and what is unfair. And all too often, it is not viewed from the perspective, what is God's will for my life? Do you not know that at times you, you you may think that God made a mistake with you? He he must have not. He must have have thought that uh, the path should have been was over here. You thought the path was over here, and God is lead, leading you down this way. God never makes a mistake. I know sometimes you think that God is in the wrong. God never makes a mistake. Sometimes how things are going, you think that I must not have heard things correctly. Solomon was constantly pondering this in his heart. Am I hearing things right? Am I seeing things correctly? How is it that those that are righteous seem to die sooner and those that are doing wrong seems to seem to live a long life? It doesn't seem to make sense. What am I looking at? We have noted before that we as people, are not inwardly righteous. When Solomon looks at the righteous, he is not saying that there are people in this world that are morally righteous on the inside. When he was mentioning righteous, he was talking about those people that were following or trying to follow the laws of God. So as separating those who are living a life of sin, he often and you will find the Bible refer to those that are righteous. You see, you see the Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one in Romans 3. But, but you need to understand that when he speaks of the righteousness or righteous people, it is those people that were following the law. These individuals he came to see as he observed things, their life does not always seem to go as planned. They seem to die before their time. And those who are doing wrong seem to have a prolonged life in continuing to do wrong. He says this is vanity. Hard to understand. We are programmed like a magnet to go towards sin. That's just our makeup. When you say, I would never do that, Be careful, because the next day you just might do that. (laughs) I I would never say that. Be careful. The next day you just might say that. I, I would never be with that type of person. Be careful. You might just be with that type of person saying, what have I done? Thank God I don't have that problem. <laughs> we live in a world in which paradoxes occur. We, look at, we live in a world in which we, we ask God the hard questions. Lord, how is it that you, you seem to turn a blind eye at times to the righteous and allow sin to go on? You know, there was a prophet in the Bible who had these types of questions. His name was Habakkuk. You say, Habakkuk, who? He was a minor prophet. And he looked and he saw all the evil and all the wrong taking place. And he cried out to God, Lord, why don't you ask and the response that came was a surprising response. The Lord brought up the, I believe, the Babylonians Says, I'm going to use them to chastise my people. And, and, and Habakkuk said, Lord, you've got to be kidding. They're worse than us, what we're doing. You're going to use our enemies, those who are in the wrong, you're going to use them to chastise? God says, watch and see. There are some times when God does the very opposite of what you might expect. But then the Lord gave a a hope as you continue to go through the book of Habakkuk. You'll see at the end where the Lord says, I'm going to deal with those who have punished and chastised my people. You see, God has a plan that supersedes our ability oftentimes to understand. I appreciate what Elaine said this morning. God seems to be doing the very things that I've asked, but he's doing it in parts. Watch out, because there's a change that may come. He gives us hope. He gives us hope. But sometimes there's a curve that's thrown in there. But we need to understand that God is still on the throne. And you should never forget that. Because if you forget it, you will become discouraged if you only look at the circumstances of how things are. God is what we call sovereign. His plan is sovereign. He sees the end from the beginning. I can't see to the other side of Drake Avenue. I have no idea what's going on over there. God knows. You can't see what's happening on the outside of the door. You may have some ideas, but you don't really know. God knows. God has the ability to see everything, and he orchestrates events at just the right time. And as I told you before, Jesus came at a time to where it would appear to be most inconvenient, where there was a Death sentence that was placed on him. Mary had to travel in Joseph 75, 80 miles to get to Bethlehem over rugged conditions. That didn't seem to be the right time. God said, Jesus, this is the right time for you. So when it appears that you are going through something and things don't seem right, don't try to get out of it. Just say, Lord, may your will be done. We've noticed in Solomon in his writing in Ecclesiastes, if you were to go back and look at chapter 7, verse 15. Solomon says, consider the work of God. Who can make straight what he has? Excuse me, that's 13. Let me get to 15. He says, in my vain life, I have seen everything. There's a righteous man who perishes in his righteousness. And there's a wicked man who prolongs his life in his evil doing. And then he gets back here to chapter 8 and 14. There's a vanity that takes place on earth that there are righteous people. You see, there are things that Solomon seems to carry along. There are points that he raises back in other chapters and then he will answer those questions or bring them up further down the road. And yet, Solomon... When it would appear he is most depressed, most sad from what he sees, he takes hope in knowing that God is in control. Do you not know that that's what should bring you joy? Knowing that you're not in control, but that God is in control? Many may say, this is not the life I ordered or wanted. Puzzling as it might be, it happens That there are times when you may have ordered something and something else comes. That's why you can't always know what's around the corner because you would try to go the other way. There are times when the Lord has something for you to go through. And he chooses and picks those times for you to go through without letting you always know. Because you would try to avoid it. You see, the way that you grow is by going through things. The way that you endure is by going through things, not always trying to go around. There are certain tests that's meant just for you, and there's no one else that can take your place. Looking back at that word, the righteous. When we look at that word, righteous, it is a person who wants to do the will of God, who seeks to do the will of God, And yet when they are doing the will of God, there are difficulties that still may come. Solomon says, when I see the righteous dying early and those that are wicked, I am puzzled when I look at this in this life. There would be the temptation to leave the truth. If you're not careful, your circumstances and your trials may cause you to want to leave God. My Advice to you is: don't do it. Don't leave the truth. If God is pleased to take you through, He can make sure that you get all the way to the other end. Sometimes you get out there in the middle of the boat. You want to get out. That's not the time to get out the boat in the middle of the water. You, you don't. You don't want to get out of the boat right out in the middle. That boat that got you there will take you all the way to the other side. There are some people who've started on this journey and yet they have gotten off before time. Some Christians look at life. They are looking at the menu and say, I want something else. Solomon uses the word vanity. It's hard to understand. If you do not broaden your scope, if you do not broaden your perspective, you will miss what God is doing. If you don't broaden your horizon, you will miss at times what the Lord is doing. What you think you may have ordered, or what you say, this is not what I've ordered, you need to understand, if God orders it for you, then it is for you. We sing a song, what God has for me. It is for me. What God has for you, it is for you. I know without a doubt. I know that he'll bring me through. So let me let me just say this. Whatever you may be going through right now, God will bring you through. And even though Solomon didn't understand all the things that may have happened, and even though he said, I don't get this, it's vanity, he comes to the next point, which my point is, if God giveth, Thou shalt enjoy. Verse 15 says, And I commend joy. For man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful. For this will go well with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under sun the sun. Some commentators say that verse number 15 closes out the section right before. Some other commentators say that verse 15 actually is going to lead into the discussion beginning in chapter 9. So they are kind of divided in regards to when you get to verse 15, is it concluding what had just been said before or is it leading into what's ahead? It also represents the close represents the close of, of the fourth and final section in which there are oftentimes the question and the answers that Solomon actually gives in earlier sections you will find him asking questions you will find him answering those questions but at the end of many of his statements you will find St- Solomon saying but the thing i say that you are you should eat drink and find enjoyment. Now he's not talking about drinking wiser. He's not talking about eating to kind of eat your problems away. And no, no, he is saying that you can eat and enjoy. Because there are certain things that you have no control over. There are certain things that you just need to remember and understand. That it is good just to be able to enjoy what God provides. I preached that not long ago. And here he is again, he's mentioning this. And he does that when he comes to the sections. And you will also note with Solomon, he will oftentimes bring this statement up when he has just dealt with a a perplexing and a hard-to-understand situation. He will bring up, you should just eat, drink, and find enjoyment. In life, Solomon recognizes that there are Good times. And there are difficult times. There are times that he calls Habel. There are times that it's just hard to understand. He understands. And he says, if you can eat and drink and be merry, understand this, that it is God who gives you the ability to even enjoy these times. If we can understand that life really is a gift from God. There are some people who work so hard. I'm one that works a lot. They can't enjoy the provision that God has given. Oh, I, I can enjoy the good times. There are sometimes people just, oh no, no, I just gotta, I gotta make this money. And then can't enjoy because they're concerned about who's gonna come and take it. Got guard dogs and guards around the house. The slightest noise, you're sleeping, your eyes pop open. Who's that? Who's that? Who's, who's there? It's God who gives you the ability. There's a lot of people who may make a lot, but they can't enjoy. Because why? They don't have the peace of God residing on the inside. It's God that gives you the ability to enjoy the provisions. So what you have, enjoy. Whether it's plenty, whether it's little, whether it's a lot, enjoy. It comes from God. That's why I tell you it, it, I tell you this before it, it bothers me at times when those who are wealthy can't are told you shouldn't enjoy what you have. Who said that? The Lord says you can enjoy the provisions of the land. Enjoy what God gives. And everyone is not supposed to have the same. God has blessed. I tell you this there are stingy people who are poor, there are stingy people who are rich, <laughs> and there's are stingy people all in between, <laughs> so everybody should be covered. <laughs> enjoy. Enjoy. How do you enjoy in the midst of trials? You enjoy because you understand that it's God who controls everything. If God is sovereign, you don't have to worry. You can go ahead and get a good night's sleep. Rest in the Lord, because it's the Lord that provides for you. I gained a little weight the other uh, recently. What y'all laughing at? It. I decided to get on the scale. And I was a little heavier than I wanted to be. In fact, for the last few weeks I was avoiding the scale. Have you ever thought that I'm mm mm-mm? mm-mm. But I decided that I needed to tell myself the truth. So I got on the scale. I said, this is not where I want to be. So I had been working on some things. So I told myself, okay, I'm going to keep working on this. So got on the scale, and I said, all right, here's my plan. I want to lose this amount. So I set a plan. I had been enjoying the provisions of the Lord a little bit too much recently, the 4th of July, my wife just she just will not stop buying that cold cereal that I like. I I, I said I'm just going to get one bowl, one. Lo and behold, three and four bowls later, mixing three and four different types of cereal, my bananas, my crazins in it, and then I sit there finished, feeling guilty. Why did I just eat all that cereal? Enjoying the provisions of the Lord. <laughs> But it is good, but there, it, it's done in balance. You, you see, it's good to be able to enjoy what God provides, and yet with balance. Today I am glad that Solomon said that we can enjoy what God gives because two things. One, we understand that it is God who gives the ability to under, to enjoy, and it is God who gives the provisions i'm going to soon be done so solomon says in this point here i commend joy for men has nothing better under the sun but to eat drink and be joyful for this will go well with him through his toil through the days of his life that god has given him under the sun whenever you see that word under the sun solomon is referencing to life on this earth life on this earth that's his focus under the sun Things that God provides that one is to enjoy. People are to enjoy. Point number three, and I'll soon be done. No need to lose sleep over what you cannot know. No need to lose sleep. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Today, people are trying to find out if there is life on other planets. Billions and billions of dollars have been spent and billions will be spent. Explorations will be made. There have been things that will continue to be found, but until the Lord comes back, there are going to be things that you simply cannot know. Solomon said that even though one may even lose sleep, won't even sleep, and they work and work to try to understand, Solomon says, I have come to discover something. There's no way to know everything. And here's a man that put everything to the test. I'm going to search out these things. He searched out pleasure, and then he searched out folly. God had given Solomon a wise mind, and he purposely sought out these things to try to find the meaning to life. He looked at the hard questions, and he came to the conclusion That there are certain things that God has done on this earth in life that simply will never be made known. There is a cap on your learning and understanding. I don't care what the scientists tell you. Learn all you can. There is no way to understand everything. Why? Because only God knows everything. Solomon makes this very clear. He says, when I applied my heart to know wisdom, and to see the busyness that is done on earth, how neither day nor night do one's eyes see sleep. Now, he's not talking about one is losing sleep because of worry. He is talking about that portion where a person may be working so hard to try to find answers that they are losing sleep as a result. He says, then I saw all the work of God. I surveyed the vast array of God's creation. All that he's done, all the things that I've been mentioning prior to, all of these things I surveyed them all, that man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. And here's the wisest man saying this however much may toil, however much man may toil in seeking, he will not find it out, even though a wise man claims to know. That word wise man is not just referring to him, he's talking about those that are wise. They'll never, never know. To see the work of God is, first of all, breathtaking. To see certain things that God has made in different parts of the world, it is breathtaking. You sit there in awe and amazement as you look at the galaxies and all the things, and God knows all the stars by name. You see, oh my God, this is awesome as you gaze. Yet... Only God knows it all. God has placed a limit on man's understanding. Therefore, anyone claiming to be God or to know everything that God knows is just plain wrong. Hebrews 11.6 You are to live by faith. We don't live by sight. We live by faith. God, I trust that you have everything In control. You don't even think about the air you breathe. You don't even think about when it comes to walking, how you're going to put the one foot in front of the next. You just do it automatically. You don't even think about certain things until oftentimes there's a problem. My shoulder is out right now. I don't know what I did. I did something. My shoulder is out. Been trying since this morning to get it back in place. Doing the various exercises. And yet, it makes me ponder. It says, Lord, you have made an incredible body. When I survey the body that you made, all that you have done, I look at your wonders. That man is fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139 says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. When we survey all that God does, what we can at times do, we can just say, Lord, I don't understand it all. I can just survey and ponder the glorious wonders of God. And I can say that there really is a limit to my understanding. But God, you are sovereign. And so Solomon comes to the place where he says, man cannot know it all, but we can bring this next point in and just say that God knows everything. As we conclude, There's a limit to your understanding. God has orchestrated things to be as they are. Even with what you may be going through right now and it says, say, I didn't order this. If you're in God's will and you're having the problem, God did. And he can bring you through. My my statement to you would just be to say, Lord, take me through joyfully. Take me through without complaints. Let me see what you're doing on the inside. Bring me through so that when I look back, I can say, Lord, I see now what you were doing. Don't understand it all, but now I can see what you're doing. Be honored and glorified. When I think about Job, when he went through all of his struggles, may the name of the Lord be praised. Whatever you may be going through, can you say from your heart, may the name of the Lord be praised. Because I can't understand everything, but I know one who does, the Lord God who is sovereign. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to eat a little less, drink, (laughs) and be married. Enjoy the provisions. Why? Because it's God who gives the ability to understand and to enjoy. And I can also say this. I don't have to worry about trying to know it all. That's God's business. Stand to your feet. We're going to hug Faith Downs in today because of her commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. At the very end of service last week, people were leaving. We talked. And I said, what would keep you right now from dedicating your life? Nothing. And right then, we prayed and dedicated her life. That's what makes a person a part of the body. So what we're going to do, in our conclusion, and as you head out and get your bags as you go out, we're going to, I'm going to ask Faith if you will come to the front. We're going to hug her in.